Welcome to Span Reads, not your typical rereads podcast, a 17th shard series where we reread the Cosmere and are giant nerds about it. Today, we are talking about the Well of Ascension. Joining me is Jesse. Hello, I am Lady Lameth. Ian. Hey, I'm your writer. Matt. I'm comatose on the forums in Discord. Katie. Hello, I'm Aeonine on the forums in Discord. Eric. I'm Chaos. And I am Michelle, or First Rainbow Rose. This episode will have spoilers for this book and Final Empire only. In this episode, we are talking about characters and relationships. Who wants to start us off? So this book focuses a lot on Vin and Elin's relationship and the fact that Vin is incredibly insecure in who she is and where she stands with her fiancé, future husband, and Elon's like trying to deal with so many things at once. And they just, it's so obvious they, they're teenagers because they just don't understand how to have a conversation together. And it drove me mental. It was to the point where this read through, it actually got a bit too much for me. And the scene where they're both going to say Zed one after the other, like I was actually, it was unenjoyable at that point. I'm like, this is. It makes sense. I understand in world why it is like this, but good God, just have these words to each other. Stop having an intermediate. Just talk to each other. God damn it. I do remember doing that though as a teenager, having a yeah. crush on somebody and being- oh, like Alan is not a teenager. Like he's in his twenties. Yeah. Like, he was yeah. 21 in Final Empire. But he isn't, isn't that far removed. Yeah, yeah, but like in this book, he's 22, 23. I'm just like. He, but he's also an unexperienced 22, 23 yeah. year old. Yeah. And he has so much else going on with his life that mm-hmm. it makes sense to me that his habit is go to other people when I have a problem because he doesn't. Although towards the end, it does kind of annoy me because it's like. He's be- he's grown so much as a character and become so self-reliant as a character that by the end, it would make, it would make much more sense for him to sit down and go, okay, Vin, we need to have a conversation. Let's well, talk. The way I remember it, right, uh, in this, like, that scene it, with Seizad and both of them, that's like part four. So we're, we're getting very close to the part where you know, Vin's just gonna murder everyone at Key Pasting, and then they get married, which is, I forgot how entertaining that was, that it was just like, Vin's like, I'm ready, I've made the decision, I am bloodied right now, but like, let, let's go right now. No, no, they get it's married after he, she after fights Zane. Yeah, Zane nearly oh, kills her. Zane fight. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. yeah, she... So it, it's a little later in part four. Because yeah. Yeah. when Zane, the Zane no, fight happens... Because Zane is like, um, she's like, oh, I'm going to run away with Zane um, and solve Elen's problem. And then Zane, like, she reaches for something and Zane, like, jumps. And then she's like, oh, good. He has good instincts. Like, this, he's like me. But then she's like, but Elen wouldn't have flinched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, like, it, it's that gets foreshadowed. Early. Yeah. Going back to foreshadowing being amazing in this book, like, uh-huh. she tests zane like early book like she drops a say um drops a coin and like he turns around and jumps because like he's acting like he trusts her but like as soon as she does that it's like no he doesn't trust me yeah but ellen and yeah she still wants to run away with him I, I, he's I, like I staring know. out over the rooftops mm-hmm. and yeah. then she drops it i just love sausage's line of like 
to Vin, you should rest tonight, despite the recent change in your relationship <laughs> when they get married. I'm just like, oh, Brandon has that said that uh, if you're watching for it, Vin and Ellen are supposed to be having sex during this book. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that because I actually was watching for it because like when you there are scenes where if you know what you're watching for, David and uh, what's her face are seriously having sex in uh oh in reckoners in reckoners yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i don't know i think that's brandon trying to unclean his book after the fact mm-hmm. i got the sense like i got the sense that they were like spending the nights together when yeah, they that was my impression. were sleeping yeah. um which you can sleep in the same bed and not be having sex but Maybe that's uh, I assume they did sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't get that impression oh, definitely much. Definitely in the tent, though. Like, the- oh, yeah. Definitely oh, in the tent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely in the tent. But Ellen is so awkward around Vin. Anytime she starts to undress or like she's exposed due to the surgery and stuff, he's so awkward around her that it's like, True. are you mm-hmm. sure that they are supposed to be shagging before this? Because he's. A little bit too shy for somebody who's supposed to be shagging her. Reading this book, I have decided that I do not at all see a love triangle in this book. Yeah. What I see is <laughs> Vin being very insecure and Zane being the means to an end to yes. try and avoid what's going on with Eland. So I-, I think that she never wanted to run away with Zane. She just wanted to run away from her problems mm-hmm. and Zane happened mm-hmm. to be there. As an excuse. And it's like, yes. And because like he's Ellen's brother, it's like she he's he's kind of like Ellen. Like I yeah. might be happy with him. <laughs> like she's trying to talk herself into it, but what she's actually just mainly trying to do is run away from her problems yeah. to begin with. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Real run away from run away from what she perceives to be her problem. Less yeah. of her problems and more of the problem that she is seeing because more her insecurities yeah. like she she yeah. just doesn't know how to deal with them so yeah i know that people talk about like how the love triangle and this is really bad i don't even think there's a love triangle in no. this i i can't even consider I, that anymore zane yes Vin, but oh yeah I, a lot of that is because he's hearing the whispers it's like oh I I don't hear that kill you, and I thought you'd save me in in that that last conflict. Oh, it is. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah, um, Zane, yeah, Zane's totally her getaway car. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I, I, I've always yeah. Yeah. liked that interpretation. Yeah. I think Brennan has part of the reason, like he added Zane in, is because Zane kind of represents that, like that the dark, not the darkness. But like that um, avenue, Vin could go that Kelsey are kind of represented, but because that was never that Vin didn't really get to explore because Kelsier was a father figure. He also died, mm-hmm. so it's and so like it, it it helps Vin realize like no, she doesn't want to go down the same path that Kelsier would. Like, I also really loved the moment when. Vin sees Zane's scars and like their self-harm yeah. scars, right? But she assumes because she is drawing these parallels to Kelsier that right. it's like, are those like, you know, pits 
uh, of hats and scars. Um, I was convinced that they were the first time. Like, I actually got really confused later on. I was like, but he was at the pits of that sin. Like, why is this never brought up? Right, right. So I I think we had gotten a scene earlier of him. Yeah. yeah, Them being self-inflicted. Yeah. But if you don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually find this all very funny because I agree with you guys that that's what's appealing to Vin about Zane. And I agree that that's probably what's behind it. But I find this very funny because I specifically made a note when I was reading this that um, that Vin and Zane didn't actually look as horrible as we all kind of memed and like is accepted knowledge. Like, I was rereading it, and instead of going, Vin, how could you? I don't understand this. I was like, oh, I, no, I, I, I see where she's coming from in this. Like, I, I don't think there's chemistry between them. I, I like to joke that the ship name for Vin and Zane is Inane. Um, <laughs> I like that. That's great. That's great. I like that. That's solid. That you guys like that one. Um. So like I, but I can I can I can when I'm reading their POVs I can see how Zane is interested in Vin and I can see how Vin is how she's rationalizing it to herself and how it doesn't seem like a rationalization at all. I do think that's the driving force behind it and all of what you guys said, but I can definitely see how. If you're not aware of these kinds of things, and if you're so frightened mm-hmm. and and confused about your significant other in this way, because I'm 19 and I've dated people, and teenagers dating people, we're stupid. We're we're kind of stupid. We don't. Yeah, talk. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. We we all were. We all remember. Yeah. Being dumb. So. Yep. But and it's, yeah, and so, I, and so yeah, I I see it and I understand it. I think, and I I just I made a note to myself that it's really not as crazy, kind of as I think it's sometimes simplified down to, as just mm-hmm. like this is the stupid love triangle. Which yeah, love triangle isn't a great word for it because it wasn't really a triangle there. But I like. I I I see what I I think I'm I'm going to give Brandon the credit where it where. I I think, he wrote that all right, like, yeah. it, it seems just, realistic. Vin is just terrible at feeling love. <laughs> yeah, right. and, that, and that's what she needs to grow and yeah. like realize yeah. that she does deserve it. Yeah. Uh, well, and I even just, you know, I was thinking, comparing, because I'm always like, by the end of the series, Vin and Ellen, everybody knows I hate their relationship in the first book, and I feel like it's super ridiculous. But by the end of the series, I'm always like, okay, yeah, they're cute. But rereading even this book, it's like, girl, you maybe love him, but you certainly don't know how to show it. And I've just come to the conclusion that Vin is terrible at love. But I mean, it makes I mean, sense for her character. I mean, her experiences of love are her brother telling her you're useless. Nobody will ever love you. But yeah. she is a highly traumatized individual. 
and, and like this book just goes to show that like that you need more than like love and attraction for a relationship to work like yeah. you need to put effort in like you need yeah. to communicate <laughs> that's the lesson they learn in this book <laughs> Yes, they learn they to do communicate. they do need to communicate because it's it's the scene where like the allomancers attack the assembly meeting where it's what's happening mm-hmm. and uh-huh. vin explodes a guy's head with her head and it's like vin i feel uh, i mean Alain is justifiably horrified about yes, what absolutely. he just witnessed and like vin is like oh no like he thinks i'm a monster like this is this is the end of our relationship like that's not which, what's happening like, here where it's like no you just exploded the guy's head like he, give him like, a moment he's reacting to the, <laughs> yeah like he still loves yeah. you and then like because like because of that like she starts pulling back and elena is like oh like she doesn't like i lost i'm i'm no longer king it's just like I've disappointed her. She no longer wants to be in a relationship with with me. So it's like they're both misinterpreting the other. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. but by the I, end, it's like they do communicate, and it's like, yes, thank goodness. Yes. And I love the line where Tyndall's just like, "Wow, I would really appreciate if the world wasn't <laughs> resting on uh, and it on a the teenage shoulders girl. And, mm-hmm. yeah. of a teenage girl." Yeah, it, yeah. And says it's like, no, it's not that bad. I have had daughters. That is a teenage girl. (laughs) This is bad. This is bad. Um, I also like the line of like where Tinwell is talking, I think, to Ellen. And like Ellen says, like, oh, Vin's not like other women. And Tinwell's like, yo, that applies to literally every woman. Um, Like, yeah, like she's relatively normal for like yeah. her life experiences. Like I love Tindwell. Like, sorry, but she she brings so we're gonna go shopping now. Uh what? Like, I just love the dynamic that she brings to everybody of just yeah. nope, we're doing this. He's a great character. Yeah. Tindwell is one of my favorite characters in the Mistborn series for similar reasons to why Navani is my, one of my favorite Stormlight characters. It's like, it, like she's just amazing, and I love her. Yeah, before we get into Tindwell, who I also yeah, love, I, yeah, to, to Ian's uh, point, or Katie's point, I uh, remember the first time I read this book, I was very anti-Vin and Eland because I was very like, he's her first boyfriend, they shouldn't end up together, like, they need to break up and move on to other relationships. So I was very like, not like being like, oh, Vin and Zane love each other, but I was like, oh no, but like, Vin does need to run away with Zane so she can like, you know, experience the world. Yeah, other people. And I think part of that was the stage in life I was at, at the time I was reading it for the first time in high school. But uh, yeah, no, it, it is interesting because you do see like they're, they're similar, like Vin identifies a lot of similarities between them. Um, and I think she's also struggling between her, her practical side, which is Zane and I make sense on paper. Um, and so we should be together rather than lend i feel things for but i'm not comfortable with those feelings and that's why i really like how brandon sets up the relationship conflict in this book with the denied um proposal uh i thought 
reading it through this time, I was like, oh, yeah, Elend asks her to marry him in the time jump and she turns him down. And then it's like this. And so it also kind of then makes sense why they're having some of these communication issues, because they have this kind of unspoken, unresolved thing because i don't think vin ever really explained why she said no and so they're left kind of in this like we're still together we don't really understand where the relationship is headed and we're kind of walking on eggshells around each other a little bit because this is really important to both of us and we don't want to jinx it but we're feeling really fragile right now and i think that was a really effective way for brandon to do that um when it's like okay they've been together for over a year how do we make their relationship still have some conflict and maybe be in these situations where we're not communicating super well and i i did like that setup yeah yeah no it, it was it was very good uh in in that sense uh i want to talk a bit about Zane, because uh, that, that's all related in this. And so Zane was a lot less bad than I remembered. For the record, I still think the Watcher is a stupid name, and I still think it would have been better in Final Empire if Zane was more strongly set up. Because like you, you you're like just getting, oh, here's a book two villain. Whereas I feel like at the end of Well of Ascension, they're kind of setting up what's happening in book three, like pretty well. You know, like, oh, you know, we we're Gonna go to Fadrex, right? Uh, but with with Zane, like I still, it would have been nice to have a little bit more there. So it's not just like, whoa, this person's crazy. And I just, I feel like if Brandon just toned down the edginess, like, like just, like just a bit lower. Like, does he need to dress in all black? D- does he need to do that? Because it just feels like it's like I'm dressing in all black, and the first thing I'm gonna say to you is. I'm insane. Like, oh my god. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> to be fair, you've known those teenagers. You have known those teenagers who are those edgelords that are How old is he? It was he's only like a year younger than Ellen. So like he's yeah. early, also early twenties. Early twenties. So. Yeah, but I've known I was okay, let's be realistic here. I was one of those people who my <laughs> quirkiness shall we politely put it to myself lingered much longer than it should have i was to be fair i also have other issues but so does he could have write it better right like brandon could write it a bit more subtly and a bit less over the top because like once we get past that and like we actually get into the actual conflicts then it's actually pretty good but it's just Brandon just smacks you in the head. It's like, I am Edgelord Eddington the uh, third. And I'm just like, I, I am just uh, 11 out of 10 edgelordiness. I'm like, I just wish it was like an eight, just like for a bit. So it wasn't just like, do we really need to have it all in black to just be, be that edgy? Like, but that's but standard Miss Forn. That's standard Miss Forn. Garb like Vin does that when he's a messenger, Matt. There's no excuse, he doesn't need to wear that. Like, he, Mm -hmm. I just think it could have been done a bit more subtly, you know, uh, and more compelling. Uh, but I I do really like uh, Zane and Vin's uh, final confrontation, uh, especially you know, connected with Tensoon. It's just so 
it's so good when they finally come to blows and he's mm-hmm. just like completely losing it. It's like, you were supposed to save me. I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, well, and I love the reflection of, you know, he grew up around an angry father who blames others for his problems. And then yeah. you have that with the character being an angry character, blaming others for their problems. Like it's a great real world representation of abuse yeah i i just think it like either you you don't have him dress in black all the time or maybe just don't have zane's like one of once we learn his name so that he doesn't say i'm insane like just a little bit a little bit and then it would be much more plausible and not just like this character is stupid i i think you're being too hard on him for wearing black all the time because I'm pretty sure Vin wears black for like almost all of this book except when she's at a dress. Um, yeah, constantly mentioned that Zane is wearing black. You know, well, That's... also like I don't think she wears black all the time because like most of the time, it's like she's wearing a, a buttoning shirt, oh, that's and true. I yeah. don't yeah. think that's, that's black. True. I'm yeah. pretty fair, sure fair enough. It's like gray, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think this. No more black or gray for you. You're getting something different. Yeah, yeah she does say that. But I just think the character introduction could have been better, uh, and that would have helped a lot because there is useful things about it. Which and this this is a big change of opinion of mine for for those of you who know uh, about Zane. Like he's much less bad uh, than I remembered, but. I think yeah. Vin tends to wear just scar garb, which happens to have like be a lot of darker colors because of the ash, right? Yeah. Whereas I always got the sense that Zane is dressing in like almost like yeah, an impeccable nobleman's black suit or something, like something that's just like a little bit too much, and yeah. he's deliberately gone for the color like midnight black or something. Compared to her just, like, wearing everyday clothes. I, I know this isn't real because it's anachronistic, but in my head, I definitely picture him in a turtleneck. <laughs> Archer. Like, is turtleneck. it black? Yeah, or black. is it deeper black? Sorry. Black turtleneck. Like, Archer. yeah, that's yeah. that's how I picture him. Sure. Jewelry thief. <laughs> yep. I, I, and I still don't think the name Zane fits well for Final Empire, but, you know, that that's that's another thing. Yeah. Uh, um, but much less than I, much less bad than I remember. Yeah, I also really love that Tensoon constantly like it's like uh, you shouldn't trust that yes. man, mistress. It's like uh, like and like he is trying so hard to like turn him, turn her away from him, yep. like probably as much as he can while like. Be, probably because Zane didn't think to specifically command him not yeah. to. Yeah. He's yeah. doing everything within the contract to like, like, yo, like, I, I do not trust him. Like, there is something wrong with that man. Yeah. Oh, it's good. and sadly, and, like, it doesn't work. But and he yeah. can probably justify it as, oh, I'm playing Orsur. And like, if Vin's Contra saw this whack job, he would be counseling her not to trust him so as i'm playing my part i pretty much have to warn her about this concerning individual one other thing that i wanted to bring up even though it doesn't you know anyway uh is i loved like talking about relationships 
Kel or Vin and Kelsier's relationship. And I love the fact that Brandon addresses the whole, oh, well, didn't you have a crush on Kelsier? Vin's like, dude, he's old. He was my dad's age. Like, I love that scene because good. there are so many people who are like, no, Vin should have ended up with Kelsier. And she's like, dude, that's like disturbing and wrong. I, I liked in the opening uh, part, uh, even when the crew's gathering, because I think, were you talking about when Breeze is teasing her about it? Yeah. Even before Breeze gets there in the opening part, they have like kind of a conversation where it's kind of like beginning to touch on like Vin Kelsier in a like, you know, potentially romantic way. Um, and then all of a sudden Vin is just like, mm, and Eland is like, OK, we're not teasing her about this anymore. This is a no, no fly zone. Nope. Yeah. Um, nope. Change of topic. <laughs> yep. That was put in. Correct me if I'm wrong, because like when Brandon was first working on the Final Empire, a lot of like the early readers were very like, "Oh yeah, Kelsey Evan, right?" And he had to change it to have a more father-daughter dynamic because so many people were going down the romantic route, and this was kind of a callback to make fun of that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I ha- I hadn't heard anything about that, but I feel like that's accurate. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and it. <sighs> It's one of those things where it's like main male lead, main female lead, assume romantic connection, um, which we're conditioned to do, unfortunately. Usually they are. Uh, And and then we get that in this book. So one of the like kind of speaking about Zane, one of the things I found really interesting about Elen's arc in this is the use Brandon's use of foils. Um, cause Brandon uses character foils a lot, but in this book, they're basically all for Elend. Like he has a foil in Straff cause he's like the father that he's always comparing himself to. Right. Um, you have the foil in Jace, who is, you know, the other academic who is the, like the failed king that Elend kind of fears he could become. Um, and then you have the foil in Zane as well um for like vin's part like zane is the the son who straff values and finds useful so it's interesting how much brandon really and part of it i think is elen's not a huge character in the final empire and he's kind of stepping into kelsier's shoes yeah but i do find it interesting the amount of foils and comparisons he has going on in addition to having like this main relationship plot and this kind of coming of age and coming into his own story. Um, Brandon really wanted to focus on Elend this book. And I noticed that a lot more on this reread. Um, he has a lot to do. Yeah. Uh, like I'd say, I always think of Vin as the main character cause she's the main character of the, the trilogy. But if I was just reading this book in isolation, I think Elend is kind of the main character of this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm actually glad you brought up Jace because that reminds me of something, uh, another bit of possibly foreshadowing, which is Jace's story ends in this book with Ellen beheading him. Yes. Oh, that line is so good. I forgive you, but my kingdom cannot. Yes. yes. Oh, but so good. In chapter 28 of The Final Empire, like 
Ellen and Vin like ha- are having conversation about the Scar Rebellion, and it's like Ellen has the line. I'm pretty certain, however, that beheading people won't solve anything. So it's just the character growth. It's like mm, sometimes oh, beheading good. is what needs to happen. Sometimes yeah. beheading oh, things. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to cleave a guy off a horse and just cleave mm-hmm. him in half. Sometimes yep. that's what you got to do. That's so genius. Yeah, it's one of the things I caught during my final empire um, reread, knowing what was ca- going to happen with Jason. I'm like, mm, going to file that's, away that one for later. That's brilliant. But to shift gears to a completely different relationship, um, Breeze and Alrianne, both phenomenal characters in this book. I really like them both in this book. I love them. I like them. I still find Alrian a bit superfluous in this book. Like, she doesn't need to be in this book. But you she... can cut her in, that wouldn't change that much of the story. Oh, but I but still she's... like her, but... Talking to Matt's point about foils, she's a foil to Vin. Yeah. She is She is Vin's... She forces Vin to face her femininity. She forces yeah, Vin to, like, look at the feminine side and go, she's so annoying. But I kind of want to be like her. She's very. I think that's your focus on plot over character, Eric. Uh, Alrian serves a very important role for Vin's character arc. I agree. She's not super um, plot relevant, um, other than she stops Set from attacking. Maybe it's never really clear. She kind of drives like the second half, though, because she drives Mm -hmm. Breeze to taking action. She drives set to taking at like she actually in the background drives quite a bit of the action of the yeah. characters aside yeah. from Ben. Yeah, I, I think it's the fact once we get into her POV, like her character changes drastically because in her POV, you realize like she's not the pretty pink puffball she wants everybody to think she is. Like she's stone cold. Like she like is a skilled pol- like political she's the type of politics thinker. i love yeah because like she's the reason set is here like she f- brought set there um she's the one that obviously like convinced set to like let's go back like th- we're gonna help help luthadel um and it's it's another like you you can be feminine and still be a stone cold killer, yep. and like she's also like is a good fit for Breeze. Like they're their both emotional out. Good, yeah. right? Like I believe their relationship more than I believe Vin and Ellen's relationship, and they uh, you I don't see that, well by way of like you see so little of them by the time they hook up. I believe mm-hmm. Breeze and her more than. See, I always liked Vin and Ellen, like, since yeah. book one, easy peasy. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Uh, but, like, I, I do, I do, it, it is somewhat gross, but I love how Ham was just, uh, like, making fun of Breeze. Oh, did you get with Seth's daughter? <laughs> <laughs> and then come to find but, out. Wait, like, I, didn't... I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean it quite like this. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's all Breeze is trying to avoid doing that, and Alrian's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, no, let, let's seduce him. Let's go." Mm-hmm. Uh, she reminds me a lot of the girl from the first book. 
that a uh, cliff yes the, the informant no no the the antagonist yeah. oh sean. sean yeah she reminds me of sean except what it would be like to have someone who has that ruthless political thinking on your side mm-hmm. sure right yeah 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 i'm and- just thinking about the scene where she's like daddy if you want to save me you're gonna have to come get me yeah and like the I, fact that she pauses is like she's like are is he following me yet <laughs> i that's an interesting comparison actually her to sean because i think the main difference is that they their face is different i think Alrianne likes to be underestimated um because she and that's why she like kind of plays the the dits up a bit yeah um whereas shan likes to be seen as competent and in control at all times and what's in book in the last book i remember vin makes a comparison between shan and cayman of the person who will strike you and just expect you not to fight back and i think shan actually has a lot in commonalities also with straff in this book which makes the whole um elend set up with shan interesting because he's kind of dating the female version of his father a little bit i mean there is the cliche that women date their father and uh men date their mother but it also makes a lot of sense that straff i get the feeling that was more of an arranged thing yeah and it makes a lot of sense that straff would try and set ellen up with somebody like himself yeah he would see strength in someone like shan though it it lends an interesting perspective because brennan's brennan wrote a treatment for the for final empire as a movie and one of the the changes he he made was he instead of Sean being Ellen's fiance, Sean is Ellen's sister. Oh, so it's like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, it's like she would just take it after her dad. That yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, you could you can totally see why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So another relationship that we want to talk about is Sazed and Marsh, which I just noted down in my notes as talk about Sazed and Marsh sobs. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. To lead into this, Marsh in this book is like obviously something is going on with him, but you don't know what. And it just kind of hurts to see. Mm-hmm. And you read lines like Sazed saying, uh, I don't remember what exactly it was, but it was like other people didn't include Marsh anymore. They were scared of him because he was an Inquisitor. So Sazed specifically made an effort to hang out with him and mm-hmm. uh, just do things like that. And yeah. they clearly had something like an established. They talked at least, and. I just I thought I think that's really good and I really like how Brandon used Marsh's absence in this book um because he's pretty notably not there. Um he shows up at the beginning with with Sized um and they you know we have to go to the conventicle and they go and they they do that and oh, also the conventicle of Saren is a location we never get to go back to really but is like 
What's really Marsh going good. for there? Yeah, no yeah. clue. Never no know. idea. Never touched on again. And then, and and then to have Marsh just be gone for the rest of the book until the end when Suzette is going to try to stop Vin and Marsh is there, like the wham of like, oh no, it's and Marsh. Well, and you can tell that there's something wrong. Like yeah. it's especially when we've just had that betrayal by Tensoon having yeah. Marsh show up and have something clearly wrong, your heart just like drops and you're like, oh no. I don't know why. I don't know why I have to kill you or whatever. He's like, it's just like, <gasps> I now have a theory on why um, Marsh had to go to the conventicle of Saren. I think he doesn't know why. Like he's just being forced to go there and to bring Sazed so Sazed can find the plate. Mm-hmm. So he can just because if Vin never would have really found the well or thinks she's the hero of ages. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, because she isn't aware of the rubbing. She starts off thinking about the logbook and starts to wonder about herself being the hero of ages through the logbook. Okay. I agree that Ruin wanted the plate out yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. In a form that wasn't the plate so he could manipulate, manipulate it. it. Yeah. It's like, they said, we gotta go now. Like, maybe maybe that's why Marshall's doing that, right? Yeah, like, that, that's, get out I, I think that's a reasonable theory. Yeah, oh, no, I love that theory. Mm-hmm. Marsh did say he was looking for something and that he didn't yeah. find it as well. Mm, that's true. That's I'm true. He, he was looking for, why am I here? I'm looking for the reason why I feel compelled to come here. Also, just like, where are the other Inquisitors? I think that was like part of why he said he wanted to go there because they all just disappeared. He's like, where did they go? Apparently, we're murdering people in Tavingdwin, <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oof. But, uh, yeah. Poor Marsh. Which is really interesting, actually. I just realized this because I reread the beginning so recently. When Dachshund comes back at the beginning, he says he's coming back from Terrace. So, like, huh. Doxon would have been there kind of, like, relatively soon before the um, Inquisitor showed, showed up. The Inquisitor showed up. That's interesting. That is interesting. Oh. I will say that's what is another one of my disappointments. Like, Doxon really is absent from the book. He's there, but, like, he's not as present in the narrative as he was in Final Empire, partially because... Kelsier is not there. Like Doxin was was really a character that interacted more with Kelsier than with Vin. So it's it's just it's it's sad that of the the members of the crew is like he kind of fell by the wayside. And his death, I love it. his death scene is probably one of my favorite character death scenes. As as he's like, "Yep, yep, here comes the Coloss. Dang you, Kelsier!" And he, he's like watching people die and he's just like, okay, whatever. Daddy. This is happening. See, I actually am completely fine with the fact that he was not in the book very much because I <laughs> got, every time I get to the end of this book and his death scene, I realize I actually just don't like him that much anymore. I don't like the person that he became over the course of the book. So when he dies, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> but there's this, there's one scene before the battle and they're all trying to figure out what to do and i think it's 
where they're also sending Vin and Eland away. Mm-hmm. And Duxes is like, let's just jump ship to another noble faction. And that was his suggestion, which going back to Final Empire Duxin, he hates the nobles. He would never choose to do that, but he's just gotten to this point in his life where that, that was his choice, and he was ready to just jump ship because that was what he thought was the best thing to do. And yeah, getting to that scene every time, I'm like, man, I really don't like you anymore. I mean... I- does anybody like him, period? Oh, I liked him in the first book. Yeah, I quite liked yeah, him in the first book. I, and I think how I read that, at least, was him not differentiating between the nobility, right? Like, I think it's more that he's saying One the noble, the same the as noble the other. factions serve a purpose that we can use, and why should I care more about, like, Elend Venture versus any other noble? Because they're, like... Yes, I'm acknowledging Eland has some good points, but, um, you know, I think he's really disappointed that after everything they did, a noble is still in charge, which is very fair. (laughs) There was a conversation that Vin and Eland had uh, right after, I think shortly after Dachshun got back, where he and Eland were just like checking in with each other. And obviously, we're not getting along. And afterwards, Vin was like, "You really need to give him more of a chance, Lind. You're not giving him, you're not giving him a fair shot here. Like, yeah, you're 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 both kind, and it's it's kind of framed as like they're both not really working on it. But from the sounds of it, it sounded like Lend was trying really hard to be civil when Doxon was." Mm-hmm kind of not being very nice yeah and like and and so i read that and i was like eh, i don't know it like lend has a point when he says it's hard to try and like someone when they clearly hate you like he he says that and and like honestly i'm kind of on his side here like I think he is giving Docs a shot, but Docs isn't really giving him one. And Vin kind of sides with Docs in there. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's more that like Ellen did give him a like a real shot and Doxin didn't reciprocate. So like Ellen is like, I did what I could. Like I'm going to be civil. Like I did my part. For the sake of the government, but like, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think the difference is Elend feels more emotionally able to give Doxon a shot because he doesn't have baggage with Doxon's sure. people, yeah. social class, whereas Doxon does have that baggage, yeah. right? So he he's has less, I think, emotional capacity to reach out to Elend because, like. That would be him reaching out to his like abuser, his persecutor, or a symbol mm-hmm. of his. Even though Eland personally wasn't um, a, oppressing Doxon necessarily, he's very right. much yeah part of yeah. that. Because yeah, I, I think Dox Vin does talk to Doxon about this at one point, and Doxon has a line: "Is like I can't believe that Eland is a good man 
like I I can't believe that any noble could be a good man because then like all of the things I did to nobles like I couldn't right. be a good man like because it's like it's easy to like murder a whole bunch of people when you think they're universally bad but like once you start like well this one's good how many of the people I murdered were also good because like he genuinely probably killed a lot of bad people but it's like he can't just unilaterally apply it to everyone anymore. So I was like I would have liked more of like that in this book I'm just like I want more of like but there's finite page time to yeah. so it makes sense that he wasn't as involved yeah like you can't develop everyone but oh the, the character death scenes though in this book are so good they're mm. really good uh love the whole battle is just it's full of great moments. Well, and Breeze, and I love the scene with Breeze where he's like, I'm useless. I'm he, like, he crawls yeah. into a hole and he's like, I'm useless. I can't even soothe. And then after the fact, you find out that he's like, oh no, we, we, he was totally soothing us and he was helping us and we kept on fighting. And it's like Breeze thinks himself as useless and unable to soothe. But at the same time, that soldiers are like, dude, he's a hero. I love that. That was one of the scenes that I remember from PTSD. Hey. Oh, so fun. Gotcha. Um, Actually, I was not super impressed by the death scenes in this book. Oh yeah? I don't know. Yeah. They're, they weren't bad. I just kind of wanted a little more from them, I guess. They felt like, oh, okay, that happened, and then we're just moving on, and it didn't feel very weighty or impactful i don't mm. know but i did really like all of all of breeze in the ending and how he acted like that and later on how he was just clearly not having a good time even when he was out of the direct danger mm -hmm. i felt like that for tindwell's death in particular like i mm -hmm never really enjoyed the fact that she's just killed off screen and we then just get the aftermath of it like it just felt a bit hollow to me after she's been built up as a character so much throughout this book mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that that's something like i want to touch on is the sazed tindwell relationship mm, true and it's like tindwell kind of gets fridged because, like, yeah. she needs to die in order for Sata yeah. to have his whole, like, crisis of faith. And right. it's like, mm, like, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a way around that. But it's still, it's like, Tin, because Tinwell is such a great character, I'm like, did she really have to die? Yeah. Probably. Was there a way to do it that isn't quite as blatantly fridging? Probably because, particularly because Sazed like has multiple like thoughts about as like oh Tin like Tindwell's gate has fallen and she's like like it has like but he doesn't go to find her until like way after I'm just like really really probably the worst one yeah mm -hmm. especially with how impulsive the rest of the characters are about oh no the person I love is in trouble let's go so. Yeah. But at the same time, it is kind of a nice change of pace and a change of character that there is a character who, instead of running off and the second 
oh no, my love life, the love of my life is in trouble. I must run and save them. He's like, no, duty comes first. All frozen in ice, literal fridging. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching. You can find us at 17thshard.com for all the news, discussion, theories, and fun you could ever want. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. You can leave us a review on iTunes. You can subscribe on YouTube. And you can support us on Patreon. See you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.